And so I was sitting down with a friend of mine who worked at Bell Labs. It was 1993 that I first saw the internet for the first time. Have you ever wondered, how'd she end up with that job? Or maybe, wonder what his background is. Welcome to How I Got Here. Hi, my name is Ed Bennett, and this is How I Got Here. I'm your host, Reed Smith. All right, Ed, I want to start with a question that I think you of all people can probably kind of help me think through here a little bit. But what what level um, of curiosity is there still? Have we lost um, curiosity in, in, in the way that we think about our jobs on a daily basis? Well, it's hard for me to speak for other people, but I know that when I was gainfully employed in a major medical system, I never lost that curiosity. I was always looking for ways of um, using technology and using the, uh, the tools that were out there on the internet for, to make uh, benefit my uh, So, um, no, I think there's still amazing opportunities out there. And uh, for someone who is uh, interested in trying to pursue that, there's lots of opportunities. You know, the reason I ask that is because I, you know, I think about your background and just kind of the pathway that that you got to where you were and where you are now, but specifically at the University of Maryland Medical Center. We'll kind of get to that. But it just makes me think about the idea of just curiosity, right? And when we all started that, when we all, I'm using air quotes, but we all met each other when this thing kind of first came about, uh, you know, the advent of social media, you know, it required a certain level of curiosity that I wonder if still exists, you know, um, it just, it just seems like we're in a different place to some degree, I guess. Um, well, let's, let's, let's go back a little bit. So you, you currently live in the Baltimore area and you've always been in the Baltimore area, right? I mean, growing up. That's right. I, I was born and raised in Baltimore. I moved to Chicago for about a 12-year period of time, but in mid-90s, I moved back to Baltimore, so I've been here for a very long time. What did uh, what did mom and dad do? My mom and yeah. dad? Oh, God, I have no idea. <laughs> my, my, my dad was, was an insurance salesman, and my mom was a homemaker. So what, you know, kind of as you, you're, you're growing up years, um, you know, what was, what were you interested in? Like what was important to you? Uh, just, I guess, you know, in, in your life kind of day to day basis. So what, what, what years are you talking about? From like when I was a teenager? Yeah. Just, teenager? just kind of your formative years, yeah. you know, what was of interest? What, what was, okay. what was your hobbies? Well, that, that's a very good question. Um, I have to say it's very clear to me in my formative years that I was very interested in science and logic and just trying to understand in a very logical way how everything worked. And so I read a lot of um, science writers like uh, Isaac Asimov and Carl Sagan um, and many others to try to understand what's the deal with the world on this and how does all this stuff work. So that was sort of my most most 
important influences in my uh, growing up. And you know, that's interesting because I think that that goes back to that original, you know, uh, kind of comments we were having around, you know, curiosity and figuring things out. And, and I wonder sometimes if the internet has made that too easy. Right. Like when, when, even when I was younger, you know, you'd be at dinner and it was like, Hey, who is that guy in that movie? You just had to wonder, like you, somebody just had to sit there. Like there was no way, you know, now it's just like, you just find the answer out immediately, you know, before it's like, you just had to sit there and wonder the whole time. And and I wonder if that's, if that's stunning the growth a little bit. Well, I think, I think there's um, sort of different levels of information. There's, there's a level of information which is, that is strictly factual. Who was the person, who were the people that were the primary cast members in Star Trek The Next yeah. Generation? Uh, and so you can see that list of people and you can see who they were and what episodes they were in, et cetera. That's very, very factual, structured information. So if you're in a bar, you've got a bet, and you're trying to figure out who was the... Uh, which, which movie won the best Oscar yeah. award for 1965? The internet will, that has got you covered. Um, but I think there's um, another level which is not so straightforward, where you can approach the quote-unquote internet and try to find information on things that will help you understand the context of what was going on with uh, the ideas that you're researching. So, for example, you're trying to figure out what was, what were the things that were motivating hospitals to get involved in social media in the years 19, uh, sorry, 2020, 2005 to, to uh, 2009. Yep. Um, so that's a very specific range. That's the kind of thing that is really good for. And they'll probably find things like my list of hospitals that were on social media, the Mayo Clinic, social media website, and other things yeah. of that nature. Um, so I think there's a kind of a bi-level of stuff that is absolutely factual that may answer your question and take care of what you need and things that are a little bit more subtle that require a little bit more research and a little bit more nuance in how you interpret it. That's fair. That's fair. I, you know, it, that that's interesting to me. And, and you mentioned you mentioned something in there. You know, specifically that time frame. You know, there was limited information that we could find just in general. But one of those things that became you know very popular, uh, and I know I frequented a lot, was you mentioned your your list of hospitals uh, on social media. Mm-hmm. What? Why? Why did you start that? Well, that was that was a very. Um... <laughs> That's a very straightforward reason why I started that. I had a, um, a CIO, Chief Information Officer, who I approached in around 2007, trying to convince them that they should unblock access to social media inside their hospital system. So at that time, inside the hospital that I worked at, uh, Facebook was blocked. And so I went to my CIO around 2008 and I said listen social media is going to be really important you need to take this seriously um, unblock it so that our employees can get to Facebook and they can use that tool when they want to 
And he was extremely clear that he thought I was an idiot. <laughs> and that, that anybody that, that used Facebook was an idiot and he had no respect for them. And so he was never going to unblock Facebook and other social media accounts from the hospital. Network. So that was a driver for me to try to prove that social media was important. And that's when I built that website where yeah. I listed all the hospital websites and all of the social media accounts. That, so that's one little tiny example, but that, that's what that's what precipitated that. that. That's so great. It's funny, sometimes our motivation um, for doing things uh, ends up taking us a direction that becomes more impactful than what we originally set out to do. And so that's, that's, that's well, funny. Well, never underestimate the power of an FU. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay. Um, I'm just going to put that out there and I'll leave that for you to edit. There you go. Well, so you mentioned the University of Maryland Medical Center, but before that, like your your first real job was actually uh, kind of in health, not kind of, it was in healthcare. You worked at an optical shop. Well, yeah. Now we're going back to like, (laughs) I don't don't, don't even know what year it was, like 1972. Okay. I was 14 years old Uh and I worked at a, a factory that ground lenses. Like to like so to make it I like was, so they would fit in the frames? Like you grind the edges? No, no, they were they would actually grind this they would actually grind the prescription into the lenses. So we're we're going wow. back forty years. Wow. Forty years in terms of technology. Today you can go to your lens crafters or other places and they have machines on site where they can grind the lenses to your prescription. That was not the situation 40 years ago. So 40 years ago, a factory would get your prescription. Uh, there would be a machine that would have to be loaded with a particular you know, uh, lens, and then someone would grind that lens to the prescription you needed. And that was me. That's amazing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we're talking about glass lenses that were incredibly thick and very heavy, and certainly nothing that you would ever want to wear had a, a very you know, strong prescription and uh, that's what I grabbed and uh, I'm so happy to look at the uh, what's available today if someone has a, a very strong prescription of plastic lenses and there's other things that can make it a little bit more you know, easier to deal with back in my day it was glass lenses it was very thick very heavy and, and, uh, and not very good. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's what I think. That, that's where Coke bottle lenses came from, right? Exactly. Yes, yeah. exactly. Coke bottle lenses, very, very thick at the top, um, very heavy, uh, <laughs> not, not very pretty. Not, not what you want. All right. So let's. Not, 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 a, good, not a good way to get a date for Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. War, Warby Parker helps more with that now than I think, uh, you know, some, some of that probably did back yeah. then. But. Um, all right, so let's let's kind of sketch in in between, right? So we've talked about grinding eyeglasses lenses, and then you know, kind of the last stint, you know, at least on the on the uh, uh, the brand side of the equation, or what, whatever you want to call it, at the University of Maryland Medical Center, which is where a lot of people met you and kind of know right. you from. Uh, but like, what you know, I could be off, but I could have sworn you juggled at some point in your in your career. Well. well- well, the, the glasses was when I was 14 years old. Okay. And the hospital was when I was like you know, 35 years old. So there's kind of a big, big stretch in there. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, um, 
I got it. I got a position at uh, a company called the Stetner, where I fix mimeograph machines. And I, I doubt I'll be really impressed if anyone in your audience knows what a mimeograph machine is, because that's very old technology uh, for printing uh, like newsletters and things of that nature, long before copy machines were were uh, standard in offices. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going. I'm going way back there. Yeah. Um, but I, um, I did. Uh, I left the the optical shop. I later, you know, got a, a regular full time job at a, a mimeographic company called the Stetner, and then I eventually thought, got into a position at Bell and Howe. Um, and I, Bell and Howe is when I first discovered networking, uh, because Bell and Howe was a company that had microfilm machines, yet another technology. That very few of your audience will ever have heard of, unless they're my age. Um, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> so, microfilm. Microfilm was a technology that used camera film and photographed information at a very, very small resolution, and then made that available if you had a microfilm reader, etc. So it was it was long before we had digital technology, but there was a way to condense a lot of information. A small space, and so when that was long before computers really came into their own, and once they did, then microfilm technology basically very quickly went away because now suddenly we could take all this information, pull it into a structure that could be stored inside a computer database, and do it in a very cost-effective way, which wasn't possible. Uh, so I went from that to uh, working with companies that were doing optical storage. Uh, and so, so they'd take all this information stored in optical storage ways. And then I would work with them to set it up on networks. And then eventually I, I took that to, uh, I went from there to understand how computers and networks work. And that's when I, went, I eventually discovered the internet and uh, went from there. So why the move into healthcare? Well, I was doing, I spent about four or five years sort of out there helping any company at all who wanted to get on the internet. And again, this is in the mid to late 90s. Uh, so I was helping a lot of companies get their very first internet website. Uh, a lot of them had never heard of the internet. Suddenly they're hearing them on the web. They suddenly are hearing that this is a big thing. And everybody wants their own website. So I was Isn't that wild? Companies. Oh, was like there, was, there was a point in time people oh. had not heard of the internet. It was insane. It was in the same time. Um, and I was there from the very beginning, which is very exciting for me because it was 1993 that I first saw the internet for the first time. I was visiting a friend of mine who worked at Bell Laboratories. And Bell Laboratories was sort of like the, uh, the place where very, very smart scientists went who wanted to do anything with communications and voice recognition and any of the tools that we take for granted today. And so I was sitting down with a friend of mine who worked at Bell Labs and he showed me, he, he had this big, he had this big monitor. This monitor was a 19 inch monitor. It was huge. Let me tell you, it was a huge monitor, 19 inches. And um, <laughs> I'm glad you're laughing. Um, and I'm looking at this and saying, what, what is all this stuff I'm saying? He says, oh, those are other computers. I said, what do you mean other computers? 
well, this computer is in Sweden, and this computer is in London. I said, well, how, what do you mean those computers are in London? He said, well, we've got this thing called the Internet. And so that was the very first time I heard about the Internet, and I saw how he was connecting with other people in other countries around the world to share information and share knowledge. And I thought, okay, this has the potential to be something big here. And so I went home and I, I bought a computer uh, for my home and I got connected to the internet. I was one of the first 300 people in all of Chicago to be connected to the internet. And that was around 1993. So I'll give you a quick story. I can remember uh, when I was um, in grade school, this would have been probably... Uh, I'm going to guess mid eighties, like 84, 85, 86, somewhere, somewhere right around there. I don't remember exactly. And in, we had, we took, we had computer, which was like cutting edge. Right. right? And it had the dual five and a quarter floppy drives. Yeah, it sounds like it had an Apple II, the two, two five. It may have been. I don't remember. They taught us computer programming, which was like DOS commands, you know, run. Again, I'm saying things currently that people listening have no idea what I'm talking about probably as well. But it was like we burned this like, you know, five and a quarter drive, I mean, a disk, and it was like a computer program that wrote something on the screen, like when you hello world or something, you know, when you ran the program. And... And I can remember we then went a few years later to the mall because they had computer stores in the mall. This would have been probably an 88, maybe 89 time frame to get our first home computer. And I can remember the person saying, the salesman to my parents, um, now the minute you walk out of this store, this computer will be out of date. And I remember thinking, is a, is a kid, you know, as a junior high student or whatever, thinking, well, this isn't going to last. Like, <laughs> this is stupid. Like, this is going to be out of date by the time we walk out of here. This is a terrible business model. And here we are. Here we are. And, and what's crazy, too, is I can remember uh, the first hospital I worked at, uh, we had a cancer center. And of course, you have like all the imaging equipment, right? That goes right. along with a cancer center. And there was a huge glassed-in room with all these huge mainframes. You know, it just looks like something out of a movie. You know, the big tower right. stacks. You know, and looks like a looks like you're in freaking Ocean's Eleven in like some back room in a casino well, well, or something. Get, you know. get the tapes running, running with the right, yeah. right. And they were like, "We're about to upgrade all this," and I thought, "Oh, okay." And then like a few weeks later, I walk by and there's like a Dell uh, tower just sitting on the floor in the middle of the room. And I was like, what? Where did all the rest right. of it go? And so it's just funny how quickly this stuff moves, um, you know, that we've gotten to this place that we are now. And it's just funny to think back, even just when I got on the Internet for the first time, like when I was in college, most of the time it was dial up and you had to have the AOL disc or something right. that had come in the mail. And it just, we, we've come such this, you know, this vast uh, span in a relatively short amount of time. Oh, I know. And I, I have the same, the same exact um, story. I, when I first got to the university of Maryland, I was setting up their websites. I hosted it at a local internet hosting company and I bought my own computer. I bought my own server Liked it out and all of that stuff, and I had like at some point I had a rack of servers uh, for a variety of different things. 
And so I hadn't gone up to my hosting company in a while, and I go up there and I said, you know, I looked at it and I said, well, you know, the last time I was up here, you had like 15 racks of servers, and now you only have three racks of servers. Is business getting really that bad? And they said, oh my God, no, no, everything's fine. Uh, we've we've gone into cloud services. Uh, we have our, we're hosting our own cloud. We've been able to consolidate everything down to to one servers. So we have more customers that we're hosting with more services on less hardware. And I said, well, wait a minute. So you mean my hospital has an entire rack of servers? Is there any reason I should keep this and not go to the cloud? And they said, no. We've been waiting for you to come around and figure out this is what's going on. Yeah, it, it, it's, such, it's such a wild, you know, it's like the faster we move, the smaller, more, you know, more compact things right. get. Even, you know, you're even seeing things with the iPhone now where it's like the download for the new operating system is smaller than the, the download for the last operating system, you know. Right. And so right. it's, you know, it's, it's crazy to think where this stuff is headed. But anyway, um, well, I mean, seriously, I mentioned it earlier, but I can remember you gave a presentation at some point. And I remember a picture of you juggling, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, when I was, oh, God, I have no idea how many years ago this is. But before I got into the whole internet and computer arena, I used to be a juggler. I used to perform and do um, shows out at a, a, in a public space at a partner. And so, yeah, I was a juggler. I was a humane body juggler. Do you still, do so, you still yeah, juggle? That was out there. No, I saw Can you still juggle? Is that like? Is it like? Is it like riding a bike? Yes, I mean, never, like you could go, you could do it. It definitely is. You you never you never forget how to juggle. Um, and I could pick up juggling, and I, I wouldn't say that the very first day I'd be as good as I was when I was at my peak, but it wouldn't take me more than a couple of, of weeks or a month to get back to that that level. So you never. That is amazing. Day. Well, you'll probably have people yeah. asking you to juggle stuff now, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> just bring, bring right. just bring hey, items. Pay me enough, pay me, pay me enough money, and I'll juggle. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, before before we kind of wrap this up, I know, you know, you, okay. you you key you have and have always had your pulse kind of on the industry, specifically as it relates to technology, certainly and. And, you know, your role or numbers of roles, I guess, through your years at the University of Maryland Medical Center certainly attest to that. Uh, we mentioned the hospital list just a little while ago. Um, but now, you know, you're obviously you know, looking at the vendor side of the equation and, and some of those types of things. We've been talking about how fast technology is moving. Um, any real insights of what we can expect over the last you know, next few years where people seem to be focusing or, or spending their energy? I think that the um, I think that the forces that are going to drive change inside healthcare have nothing to do with the internet and those type of technologies. I think that healthcare inside the United States is getting forced into some extremely huge changes. There is an entire generation that is not not going to put up with the kind of healthcare system we have over now. Uh, there is an entire generation, generations, that are looking for uh, Medicare for All, which is going to completely 
the store mm. elsewhere as we know it. And I welcome that. Uh, so I think that uh, most organizations have no idea what's going to hit them in the next couple of years. But once it does settle, I hope that we have a healthcare system that is more humane, that is more just, and is more equitable for the people that we need. And if I can be a part of that in any, any way, well, I think that's uh, very well said. Um, Ed, thanks for coming on. Thanks for telling your story. And uh, thanks for being a My supporter pleasure. of the network and look forward to uh, seeing you at the uh, at the next conference, I'm sure. You got it. Okay. Take care. Thanks for tuning in and listening to this episode of How I Got Here. How I Got Here is powered by Touchpoint Media Network. To learn more about this show and others like it, visit us online at touchpoint.health. Till next time, I'm your host, Reed Smith.